0: It's a complicated question and an even more complicated answer. You know, as as we're all humans, everyone's system of learning, speed of learning, the way we enjoy the environments we enjoy to learn in is different. I think some of us may have like doubted or felt bad because we didn't
1: understand through the way that our teacher is teaching us.
2: The professors are supposed to be teaching us how to be creative, how to find ourselves, how to find our voice, how to grow better and how to just become better people.
3: Uh, the thing about uh, practical learning is that the teacher would show you once how to do it, then leave the rest of you to figure it out. So this environment encourages you to learn. Allows students in a certain point to start
4: choosing the, the subjects they like to study instead of forcing them to, to do like a system.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Science Journal. So this episode is going to be a bit different from any of the other episodes that we have done so far.
5: Hello, everyone. Nadia is correct. In this episode, we're not interviewing any guests. My research assistants are just going to have a lively conversation on how they learn and consume knowledge. What you're about to hear is their reflection on their own ways of learning, how they learn science subjects inside and outside the classroom, I believe what they're about to share would be valuable input not just for other students, but also for instructors. A final note in my introductory remarks they had this conversation on their own. I inserted my comments afterward.
1: So all of us here have taken some sort of science course, whether it was in school or in university. And I'm guessing throughout these courses, we have been exposed to various ways of teaching from our teachers. So in this episode, we are going to talk about our favorite ways of consuming knowledge, whether that's by ourselves or in a classroom.
0: So to begin us, um, let me ask you all a question. Did you go back home and um, re-listen to uh, sessions or watch videos on the topic that you guys were studying in yes. class that day?
2: Yes,
0: I totally resonate, especially with chemistry. Um, I loved biology, I, because it was more practical. I didn't feel like I needed to go back and do it, but with the more complicated chemical processes, I thought that like you know I better recap this. Like I used to love uh, Khan Academy. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with it.
1: Khan Academy was literally, like, I have to pay, like, all my success to him.
0: (laughs) My high school success.
1: Even, like, the Crash Course videos, uh, if you've seen any of those. um, I used to love their visuals um, and the animation that they would make. Um, I would spend, like, hours in science classes at school, and then I would have to spend another few hours at home reteaching myself what I've just
0: learned at school I think something that made it bearable for me was that like I like to um, invest time into making like cute notes or yes. you know those revision mind maps where you know to, to make sure that I get everything ready for the test or exam uh, using colors and everything and I think that visuals are an important part of communicating any kind of information it makes it easy to process on the go so what i would do is either go and uh do mind maps or like you know definitions and such but now um to be completely honest i've shifted in the last period into uh digital um slash um you know online sources to learn as opposed to like writing out handwritten notes how about you guys
3: You,
4: you guys just reminded me of something i used to do in high school i mean i used to spend so much time searching like on youtube and to do all of that and uh uh, basically, but at the same time, I neglected using the textbook, something that I noticed. Like I thought like these videos, I will learn everything there. But again, at the same time, I just realized the textbook was important to read first, and then <laughs> go watch videos. So that was one mistake I think I
5: learned to do, especially in math. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think what Nadia, Elisa, and Hakim just shared are quite insightful. They proactively look for and use outside sources created notes that help them understand the information received in the classroom. And of course, they also use textbooks. From an instructor's point of view, using the assigned textbooks or readings are equally important as using other sources. Many teachers have carefully selected the readings for their courses. They would appreciate it if students try their best to understand the text too. Of course, we don't want students just to be quote unquote textbook smart. We want them to be skillful in other areas as well. Next, you'll hear from Asma, Jasim, and others about other ways of learning.
2: I'm a visual learner too, 100%. And I was the type of person who, in high school, spent hours and hours and hours and hours on end just scrolling through YouTube, whether it's videos about geography, about astronomy, about physics, about math, about history, about the most random things. And I just feel like the content that is uploaded on YouTube is just so fascinating. And you can just find such a vast array of topics and of ways that these topics are told. Like on YouTube, I think there's 500 minutes of videos uploaded every minute. So the amount of content is just crazy there's something that personally kept me very attached to YouTube. And that's the fact that I didn't have pressure on me watching that. I didn't feel like it was necessary for me to, you know, yeah, I, I was not like expected to perform a certain way. I was just there for fun and to be entertained and to learn new things for my own benefit. And I just feel like that really sets YouTube apart from school, because when you're in in a classroom learning about science, you just want to memorize the information for one specific purpose and no other purpose. And that is to perform well on tests. And I just feel like that really hinders the way that teenagers and kids learn about science.
0: And I think also to add on to your point, when you're on YouTube, you have control over it as opposed to it having control over you. Uh, in the sense that you can control like the speed of it, you can control when it starts playing and when it stops, and you know um, to help you digest information because you know these topics are not easy to just hear and learn and uh, memorize or understand. It's me and myself, and I'm, I'm, you know, trying to comprehend this topic. So whatever, how many times I need to click, as opposed to like a book where you have to flip the page and you have the end goal of like reaching like page 102 or whatever it may be.
4: But like, okay, but there is one uh, uh, like signed down, I think for that it's just um, because it's not synchronized. So like, you know, you can just keep going back and forth. But at the same time, if you have a question, you can't raise, you can't ask. and It's not happening at the same time that when you have a questions, then like you have to spend more time just to find out about it.
1: Definitely agree with that. And um, I think now with you know, um, this area of education branching out, you know, to online so much more, um, people have formed communities where you can kind of engage and ask your questions. But uh, yeah, definitely, there's not like that immediate response that, you know, that's only available in a classroom.
2: I would counter argue against what Hakim said, because I feel like even though it's not like an immediate connection, I just, I, I feel very connected to the content creator because they're just, they're talking to me and they start cracking a joke and I can see their face. I can hear their voice. I, I genuinely feel connected to them. And if I have a question, I just either scroll down to the comments or I just Google it quickly. It takes a couple seconds. So I just, I, I feel like there is still a very, very strong connection that sometimes I feel is even way stronger than what I have with the professor.
0: Interesting point. Um, uh, Justin, go ahead
3: yeah i'm just sitting here and listening to all these comments and it's really interesting because back in my high school i I didn't have that much like access to internet so most of the learning would be like uh, from class we had a subscription to online like teaching service that you can view from school at the same time we were more interested in learning practically so we used to have these lab classes where the teacher would take us to the lab class and there would be like some experiments on testing the resistance of a resistor or like how electricity would you know pass through different types of conductors so these kind of practical explanation kind of helped me during high school compared to like learning from uh, online services because again i didn't have that much like access to online like sources and stuff so this is totally different from what you guys you know have
1: no i definitely like relate to that even when you do watch videos you can kind of Uh, practice along with them with that video you can um, solve equations with that video so you learn uh, you know the best way to learn something is by practicing um, practicing doing it and you know through trial and error you will eventually get better and I remember like um, with math or chemistry chemical equations I would watch a video, I would not understand it. But once I got like a pen and paper and actually started writing it down, I would understand it better.
0: I think uh, what you just said was really important with practice. But I feel like my approach was slightly different because um, I wasn't the kind of person that could... um, just do something once and like learn it right away. I needed to sit with it and explore it further. I felt like because of the way that school is, you know, you have a w- one hour amount of time dedicated to a subject. And like after that, it's the next class. So you didn't really have time to explore. Whereas when you online or um, by yourself and doing it, that there was no really pressure on you to perform a certain way. And you can take the time with learning the content. And as much as I did enjoy like, um, like lab classes, uh, specifically biology. Chemistry was horrible for me. I I found it interesting until it got into like more sophisticated stuff. I was like, no, my brain can't comprehend this. Um, physics was okay. I wish that there was more time to do these lab and practical uh, approaches because I, I feel like there can be very useful, but the annoying thing is that you're expected to, you know, do it and do it right. And within a set, like, amount of time, which I felt like put a lot of pressure, um, you know, on certain individuals.
3: Uh, The thing about uh, practical learning is that the teacher would show you once how to do it, then leave the rest of you to figure it out. So it's kind of like a collective effort in a way. So if you know something, you're more keen to show it to others. So this environment encourages you to learn and motivates you further. So that's why I was like, you know, practical learning really helped me through high school, especially during like lab classes.
4: Um, yeah, so so guys, I just I would like to share a bit more about my experience in high school because I think it's very unique and it, it was just like weird at the same time because like just moving between two systems, I think uh, the, the, the traditional just way of learning and I used just to read things in the textbook and like I never did something in my hand like not that, like in in real life. It's just like text. I'm reading it, and all of a sudden, I'm just like in a new place that like we have labs and we have like materials we can work on. And one one class that I had was. Um, Uh, animal behavior so we we had like we designed the project and we we read like our uh, articles journal articles and then we got some ants and then we were doing some experiments and then we were noticing and that was like the first time it was so like weird but like in a good way so i think that was very unique um i used to have access to uh uh, university because we were affiliated to them so we used to have access to their library um, so that was good, but at the same time, they were very restricted because of the rules and restrictions and regulations in China, especially like on size. I don't know why, and especially if you don't speak Chinese, like just like the material in English, they are very very limited to, and you need to use VPN all the time to get things in English. Otherwise, it's just in Chinese, and <laughs> yeah.
2: For me, when I was in high school, so I had to take all sciences in French. When I was in middle school, I took sciences in Arabic, but then when I was in high school, I had to do it in French. And what I had to do when I was trying to, like, dive deeper into the the scientific topics that I was studying in high school is that I would try to memorize the jargon in French in class. And then when I would go to YouTube, my head would automatically start, like painting a bit of a transition between the jargon in French and English because it was similar enough for me to be able to recognize. So I just ended up, you know, consuming content in English because there's a lot more content in English in YouTube. Um, And yeah, and I just feel like there's one thing that I really like about YouTube is that I didn't feel the fear of being judged. I didn't feel like I had to perform to a certain caliber that was, you know, set before, I didn't feel that and because of that I didn't feel restricted and I just felt free and I was having fun and I was entertained.
5: As you've heard, different students learns and understand science subjects differently. One prefers to learn at her own pace with the aid of audiovisual materials, and another likes to do hands-on learning. Yet others find a new experience being exposed to a new way of learning, whether doing a project or learning in a new language. In the following segment of the conversation, you'll hear their realizations that what they thought of as quote-unquote self-doubt in their learning experience was really their different mode of learning from that of their classmates and that they could do some concrete things to address it. You'll also hear their critique of the so-called banking system of education.
1: The question I have for you all is we have spent an amount amount of time after school, reteaching the materials that our teachers have taught us in school. And I just wanted to ask if you guys ever questioned yourself, like if you ever doubted that there was something wrong with you, that why you did not understand it the first time when you were in class with all your peers and your teachers. I think um, some of us may have like doubted or felt bad because we didn't understand through the way that our teacher is teaching us and it's only after when I grew up I realized that's not really a personal issue that is just the way that they're teaching the medium that they're teaching in is not equipped for me if that makes sense
0: yeah I totally agree I was thinking of the same thing uh, as you Nadia like what it, was it about that teaching in class that was not working was it the deadlines or the short or limited amount of periods? Was it the way that it was on board? Was it through a discussion? Um, like, what, what, what did I or any student, what did they need to kind of keep that information? And I feel like it's a complicated question and an even more complicated answer. You know, as, as we're all humans, everyone's system of learning, uh, speed of learning, um, the way we enjoy the environments we enjoy to learn in is different. So maybe you're more of a visual person and uh, another person's more of a practical person. But then we have to look at the system of education. What is it providing us? Is it providing us enough time to do, to do these explorations? Like are the times that uh, professors or teachers set to like certain uh, assignments or to try out a practical or something? Is that enough time for a student to... Um, carry out and understand it or is it um the the equipment that we have is it the resources um it could be that the professor or the teacher like to tell their uh, lecture in a storytelling method what you guys have thought your personal experience what do you think you would have preferred um you know in in a classroom environment what is it that limited your learning or like nadia was saying what is it that made you go back home and want to like sit and learn more
2: um, I would say that uh, in regards to Nadia's question, whether I was doubting myself, I, I that happened 100% of the time. I would be like, why am I not retaining this in the same way that another person is? Why is this happening? And I just, when I kept on thinking about it, I just realized that me and that person are different. We have different interests. We have different levels of engagements in that class. Maybe I was just tired during that class because it was in the afternoon, maybe because my head wasn't uh, in the right space. And so... I feel like one thing that would really make the classroom experience a lot better, especially that I I come from Morocco and the system in there is it's very professor focused, if that makes sense. So the professor just comes in and they would give you a lecture and you're expected to retain everything. And the only way that you can impress that professor is by regurgitating all the information that they gave you. And I feel like that's wrong because the professors are supposed to be teaching us how to be creative how to find ourselves, how to find our voice, how to grow better and how to just become better people. And so I feel like different levels of engagement in the classroom and involving the students more in the classroom would be amazing um either through activities I, I just found myself enjoying class activities a lot so maybe just you can pair the students up together um you can organize some group work or anything like that during the session and i feel like they're going to enjoy it a lot more they're going to be more immersed in the session and even their retention of information is going to be better if they are feeling good and if they're if they're in a good headspace if that makes sense
4: Yeah, I I just want to comment on uh, what uh, Asmin said. And I think what you're saying is, uh, I just remember the term, it's called banking system or banking education system and i think this system is terrible in my opinion because like it treats students as like a cubs you know they just you pour things in and then they are there and then they're supposed to you know like get that back you know they just like pour the information back at some papers or so i think i think like two things from my experience they're like best to tackle these uh, uh issues especially like in in high school systems Um, The first one is actually to allow students in a certain point to start choosing the the subjects they like to study instead of forcing them to to do like a system. And the second thing is actually to allow teachers to give them more uh, space to design their own, um, um, you know, curriculums and share um, like um, universal um, objectives, uh, like learning objectives, but at the same time, the the syllabi are different between like different teachers, so they teach the way that they are best at, because I think like even between professors or teachers, they have their own style of teaching and I think that should be uh, embraced.
5: After listening to what they've shared, you may wonder how can instructors accommodate students various ways of knowing and learning in their classrooms? Well, let's take a listen and you'll hear that they have some very good suggestions.
0: So then I w- want to pose another question. So what do you guys think is the solution? If you have like a bunch, like let's say 24 kids or children or, you know, uh, students, and you have one professor, uh, how can a professor accommodate to all of, the, or, you know, a teacher or the educational system? How how can we, if we were to suggest one thing that would make it better, what would that be? How would we, uh, what's the solution?
1: I think, um Giving more agency towards the students and giving them the feeling of more leadership and the more you know um, control and you know over facilitating the discussions that are going around in the in the classroom. That's first of all, you're going to have more you know participation in the classroom, and students are going to feel more engaged and feel that whatever they're saying is going to be valid, and you know um, people are going to feel that they're heard. And um, so I think engaging students more into leadership positions within the classroom um, can you know, help this ratio of one teacher, 24 students. And it will get more students and more students will actually want to participate when they see other, their other peers talking.
2: I 100% agree with you, Nadia, I think students should be given more control in the classroom, because I feel like the professor should also consider the fact that not all students are the same, that they're very different, and that they should deal with different students differently. What impressed me the most throughout my entire life are some of the professors who do a lot of one-on-one conferencing and who try to identify the strengths and weaknesses of each student and work through that during the class. Um, So yeah, I feel like that would make the, the classroom experience a thousand times better.
5: We've come to the end of the podcast. I'm grateful for the frank conversation that my research assistants had about their ways of knowing and learning. And I'd like to thank them all. As you've heard, they would like their instructors to understand that different students learn and understand subjects differently. And for us to give them not just the space, the tools, the agency, and the opportunities to explore the subjects, but also to give them a chance to learn and reflect on their own learning. In other words, I think that they asked us to practice a little bit more of the pedagogy of care. Practically, this could involve giving a variety of course materials, class activities, and class assignments, as well as providing one-on-one conference when needed. As an instructor, I'm aware that I bring my own ways of learning and understanding to the classroom too. And since I'm continuously learning to become a better instructor myself, I found what they've shared was really helpful for me. I hope what they've shared would be useful to you as well. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to Science Journal Podcast. Don't forget to visit our Instagram page, sciencejournal.qa, and our brand new website, sciencejournalqa.com. This episode was produced by Anto Mohsen and along with his research assistants Nadir Hinay, Alyssa Maflah, Hakim Al-Makdad, Asma Naqib, and Ahmed Jassim. It was edited by Hakim Al-Makdad, Anto Mohsen, and Ahmed Jassim. Graphics and artwork by Ahmed Jassim.